If you do not agree to my commands, then I shall... Welcome to the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show, the podcast that still hasn't seen the trial of the Chicago's one through six. I'm your host, Taylor Cole, and with me today are David, the loudest voice, Chen. Boom goes the dynamite. Devendra, X-File Hardwar. The truth is right over here, baby. <laughs> and Jeff, Unsullied Kanata. I avoid spoilers except for this one. You're all toast. <laughs> Hello to everyone, and thanks for being here. We are back in it with our Season 2 Battle of the Podcasts. Today, it's our second elimination match of the Joy Luck Division, where the hosts of the excellent Slash Film Cast will compete against each other in a few film-related trivia games that we've cooked up for them. Keeping track of points today is going to be Score Master Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi there, Taylor. You know, Dave brought a really fancy espresso machine to the booth today, so I've got like a bunch of tiny cups to wash, but I am wired. I'm ready for this. Thank you, Dan. And working the boards behind the ones and zeros is production master Dave. Hi, Dave. All right. I think I figured out the viewing order. Original version, director's cut, director's cut with commentary, and then original version, cool down. Thank you, Dave. All right, let's get into it. We've got three rounds of film trivia today, but we're going to start it all off with a game of My Champion. That's the game where each of our contestants chooses a champion from the world of pop culture, but we pick the battle that they're fighting. From the culturally relevant podcast, David Chen, who is your champion today? That would be Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Wonderful. And, and Gadgets, Devendra Hardwar, who have you chosen as your champion? I've chosen the X-Files' Fox Mulder because he was the coolest guy of the 90s. Come on. And you may know him from the dungeon run, Jeff Kanata. Who are you championing today? Captain America. All right, three champions locked in. I will serve as the judge, so let's spin that scenario wheel. Today's scenario asks, which champion would make the best breakfast? <laughs> Dave, why would Jean-Luc Picard make the best breakfast? Well, I have a few thoughts on this. Um, first of all, my character, or a champion, among the three of ours, is the only one who has a catchphrase that actually is at home in a breakfast environment, which is the following, T. Earl Grey Hot. Yeah. He's, he's also a gourmand, Dave. I feel like you have a distinct <laughs> advantage here. Okay, thanks for making the my case for me. The man owns several wineries. Come on. <laughs> uh, thank you for bringing up my point number two. He's a gourmand. He's a man of refined taste. He owns several wineries. Uh, That's where the uh, CBS All Access show Picard began. But my third reason is he is the only one of the three champions selected today that has been assimilated into the board collective and has come back to tell about it. Uh, why does that make him good for a breakfast? Uh, I'm just going to say he's able to expand his palate in a way that neither Fox Mulder nor Captain America can. There's no, there's no universe in which yeah. Jean-Luc Picard makes a breakfast. He walks over to a machine, he pushes a button, and it replicates a breakfast. <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends on what your definition of make is, Jeffrey, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's not that. That's not making. <laughs> even, even in his own TV show, he had, like, a, a kitchen helper. Like, he had somebody making him food. So he was not actually doing it, you know? No one in the 27th century 
knows how to make anything. They ask, they say, hello, computer, and then they make it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Taylor. I thought this was defend your champion, not uh, crap on everyone else's champion. I thought that's what this section Not was. everyone else's, just yours. Part of the game. Just yours. <laughs> All right, recentering us. Devendra, how about Fox Mulder? I, uh, I, I feel like this is bad for me because uh, I know Fox Mulder and he will... He won't be eating breakfast. He'll be eating yesterday's <laughs> coffee, leftover sunflower seeds, and, uh, you know, whatever he ordered last night that he didn't put in the fridge and properly, you know, uh, make safe to eat. So, uh, sadly, I think I'll just throw in the towel here because I know Fox Mulder, and Fox Mulder <laughs> would make an awful <laughs> breakfast. Sorry. A humbling moment for Devendra. So, Jeff, yeah. sell us on Captain America's breakfast skills. Now, you'll you'll be led to believe by my distinguished competition that... The best thing about the future, like the far future, is that things can be created synthetically. But let me let me tell you this. How about you get breakfast from a man that was born in the 40s and the 30s when food was not nearly as synthetic, as manufactured, as full of garbage? <laughs> he's got he's got a a classic sense of using real ingredients. Plus, do you want to eat food served to you on a plate? No. You want it on the upended half of a shield tossed to you across the room by the greatest Avenger. Delicious 1940s breakfast with a smile, with a bit of maybe even inspirational leadership thrown in on the side. Yeah. Drink your vitamins, eat your orange juice, Captain America. What time of the day does Captain America serve breakfast, Jeff? Uh, before beating up the bad guys, and then and no, then the answer the answer is all day. He serves breakfast all day. Come yeah, on, Jeff. He could do it. All Come day. on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wonderful arguments all around. And sometimes with this game, you know, it's you have to kind of look past the content of the argument and just judge purely on the nature in which the argument was given. And for his total lack of negative campaigning at all, and just the respectfulness and on-brand messaging of the argument, I think this one's going to go to David Chen and Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> well, I would say something negative about the other contestants, but since that was one of the reasons I won, I'm going to refrain. I appreciate that. I was I was severely misled on the tone of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, nonetheless, Dave, you have not only won my champion, but you also get a crack at the half point. If you get this question right, you will earn half a point, which can give you a competitive edge in the case of a tie later in the game. Here is your half point question. On Parks and Recreation, Ron Swanson eschewed these in favor of a complimentary breakfast buffet. I, uh, you know, when I think of Ron Swanson, I think of like manliness, uh, and but it's like, what did he avoid uh, to, to to do a breakfast? Uh, would it be like, I don't know, man. I, I I don't remember. I watched much of Parks and Recreation, but this was a long time ago. I'm just gonna say eggs because eggs wouldn't be in a breakfast. <laughs> no, buffet? eggs were probably on that yeah. breakfast buffet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, the answer is strippers. When the gang was at a strip club, he ignored the show just to go to the complimentary breakfast buffet. That, that was going to be my second choice, actually. Ah. That's very Ron Swanson. That's actually Dave, that's actually Dave's uh, euphemism for strippers. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Jeff? <laughs> you may have missed the half point, but you will go first in round one, Extra Special Editions. Sometimes owning a movie is more about decorating your home than actually watching the movie itself. 
As a result, some special edition packaging can get pretty extravagant and pretty silly. In this game, I'll describe the packaging for a DVD or Blu-ray set for a movie. You name the movie. For instance, if I told you the 60th anniversary Blu-ray set of this musical comes with a 48-page book, reproductions of the original poster, and a full-size umbrella adorned with the movie's title, you'd know that it was... Singing, Singing in, in the, the Rain! rain. Singing in the rain. Ten points for each correct answer. If you need a hint, I'll tell you where the movie is located alphabetically on the shelves in my very eclectic movie collection. After that, a correct answer is worth five. Dave, as the winner of my champion, you get to lead off this round, and your first description is... This movie, based on a comedy series, sees characters using a shoe for communication. Apparently, the manufacturers of the special edition DVD movie also saw a shoe as a fit place for disc storage. That would be Get Smart. For 10 points, Get Smart. Devendra. The special edition of this 1950s epic is six discs stored inside replicas of two inscribed stone tablets. The Ten Commandments. Nice job. For Jeff. This movie's lead character is a Cuban refugee, so a limited edition Blu-ray set was housed in a cigar humidor. It retailed for $1,000. Oh, God. May I have a hint, please? Comes between Red Dawn and The Testament of Dr. Mabuse. Scarface? Correct. Scarface for five points. I should have just said it when I thought it, but I didn't want to say something dumb. Work through your thoughts, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For Dave, a 10-disc Blu-ray set of the first four movies in this franchise come inside of a hideous extraterrestrial egg. Perhaps most extravagantly, the egg lights up. I'm going to say the Alien franchise. Yes, the first Alien quadrilogy. Very good. W- one of the most hideous eggs in all of cinema history, I think we have to say, right? <laughs> Wait, do you mean eggs or strippers? <laughs> <laughs> so much egg talk. Wow. <laughs> all right, for Devendra, a Blu-ray edition of this movie comes housed in a model castle, complete with attachable catapult arm and an armory of toy animals as ammo. Let me think. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Monty Python. I'm just trying to think of uh, Monty Python: The Search for the Holy Grail. Monty Python's Holy Grail. I, I forget the exact title. <laughs> Dave Chen, what's that exact title? Is it Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail? It is just Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, oh man. Okay. All right. Well. Hey, I, I don't feel bad because I actually knew the movie. So yes. I feel worse when I have no clue what the hell yes, is up. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right, for Jeff, the three movies in this animated series, two of which were direct to video, will entertain your children throughout their runtimes. But the kids might get more enjoyment from banging on the playable drum that the discs are housed in. <laughs> the Lion King? For 10 points, correct. Wow. Over to Dave. The discs themselves slide into a plastic base under a replica of the ship flown by one of the superheroic protagonists. It has working sounds and lights, but sadly does not play Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, as it does during a perplexing sex scene set in the ship. Hmm. Who could forget uh, the sex scene in Zack Snyder's Watchmen that was uh, set to Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah? Absolutely correct. The perfect uh, lovemaking music. 
choice. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no, nothing complicated about that choice. Devendra, a strangely packaged edition of this 90s comedy is shaped like a bowling ball, echoing a pastime of the main character as well as the movie's bizarre dream sequence. The Big Lebowski. And Jeff, a collector's edition of the first six movies in this movie franchise that now has over 20 installments are stored in a metal briefcase complete with a glowing cube right in the middle. That would be... Uh... Marvel Cinematic Universe? Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's doing pretty well so far, so let's see how well they're doing with a score break from Dan. The game is super close, three-fifths of the way through round one. Devendra's got 20 points, Jeff has 25, and Dave so far is perfect. He's got 30 points. Wow. <laughs> the only time David Chen has yeah. ever heard that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he's getting all the stripper questions. <laughs> David Chen, see if you can hold on to your lead with this description. After the fifth installment in this movie franchise, Universal released a set of all five movies with the discs inside a stylized car wheel. They pulled the same stunt again after the sixth movie and once more after the seventh, with the wheel getting slightly thicker each time. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I just have to say this whole series of questions is making me really nostalgic for the bonkers physical media choices that studios would make, right? Uh, And and just like uh, before they were optimizing for, we got to grab your attention on the store shelf. Like I want to own this thing that's on the shelf. Now, of course, all this digital stuff happening, uh, which I also am a fan of. But the answer to your question is universal car franchise that has over five movies It's got to be the Fast and the Furious. All right, Devendra. A set containing the first four movies in a now five-film series is housed inside a giant novelty grenade. This could be anything. Giant (laughs) novelty grenade. What movies are so special about grenades? And there's four of them. And there's five now. What? What? Uh, can I get a hint, please? Quantum of Solace and Safety Last. Also mentally calculating which letter is that? (laughs) (laughs) Pirates of the Caribbean. No. (laughs) Why was I saying that for grenade? I was thinking of letters. Okay. (laughs) What? Also, also Q, P is not between Q and S. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the Rambo franchise. Oh, Rambo. Okay, okay, okay. All right, for Jeff, according to the product description, this DVD set is housed in a sturdy faux clipboard. It's a three-disc set teeming with special features about the production of a 2005 remake of a 1933 film. The only problem, it's only the special features. There's not a feature film to be found. (laughs) (laughs) Dave gets wheels in a car. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you literally like name something that goes fast with wheels. <laughs> what? There's a wheel and it's got nine movies in it. What could it possibly be? Um, okay, a clipboard. There's no movie, but uh, Psycho. Nope, that is Peter Jackson's King Kong remake. Whoa. Sure. Okay. We all want to Clip- forget that movie, so that's clipboard. fine. Clipboard. <laughs> yeah. Clipboard. Clipboards. 
Now Dave's thinking, why didn't I buy this? Is it is it clipboard or clapboard? Okay, anyway, it's, go ahead. it's clipboard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, clapboard would make some sense because right, they're going to the island to make yeah. a movie, but a yeah. clipboard. Yeah. Yeah. Clipboard. Anyway, I guess Jack Black is carrying one around for pretty much the whole time they're on Skull Island. Well, it's a long stretch. Wow. <laughs> and why wouldn't they include the movie? Yeah, I think I like, only... if you like the movie so much, you've bought it already. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, David Chen. While paint cans only figure into one scene of this comedy, the disc is housed in a novelty paint can. I'm going to say it's a comedy. Here's my reasoning. It's a comedy, okay? The only comedy in which a paints... The only comedy I know in which there's a paint can in one scene (laughs) is Home Alone. Wow. Well done. Wow. The guy got hit in the head with the paint cans. Yeah. Yeah. Devendra, there's a strange equality of gender stereotypes in the two purchasable editions of this musical. One version is wrapped in a black leather jacket. The other is wrapped in a pink one. I see. Uh, I'm going to have to... I'm thinking musicals. Not a big musical fan, but I think leather jacket. I think pink. I'm thinking Grease. (laughs) Very good. And closing out round one, Jeff... The collectible edition of this superhero sequel comes in a life-size, blue, and totally dead-eyed version of Jamie <laughs> Foxx's head. Come on. This is a slam dunk, Jeff. Come on. Spider-Man 2. Mm, which Spider-Man? Spider-Man amazing Spider-Man 2. Ooh, sorry. I couldn't t- had to take your first answer. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is different than Spider-Man oh, come 2. Come on, Jeff. Come on. There are also several Spider-Man sequels at this point, so I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's going to be in the next one, apparently. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen this particular set that it was Jamie Foxx's head, it is like the scariest thing I've yeah. ever I seen. I think Matt Singer has done some great coverage over this hideous uh, Jamie Foxx set. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll wrap up round one. Coming up next, a score break from Dan and on to round two. It's time for the Your 30s score break. Your 30s. Why is everything so sore now? After one round of play, Dave is perfect. He's got 50 points. Devendra's got 30. And Jeff is behind with just 25. But that means he'll go first in round two. Thank you, Scoremaster Dan. Still plenty of game to go and a little extra help on the way coming to our third place contestant. It's... The Threequalizer. Jeff, we've got a quick chance for you to make up some ground with our Threequalizer question. Don't bet on it. <laughs> I'll give you a question that has exactly three answers, and you'll have three guesses to match as many of those answers as possible, with ten points to you for each answer you match. Your Threequalizer question is... To date, the Fast and Furious franchise has released three entries with digits in the title. What are those three titles? <laughs> Fast Five... <laughs> not a digit jeff fast five was spelled out oh yeah. oh yeah wow <laughs> oh man uh two more guesses seven right fast if you're seven Wow. Like, I give up. Yeah. I, have, I have no idea. We're a podcast three made of Fast and Furious fans. So okay, okay. Let, 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 let me let me may I, may I attempt? May I attempt? Sure. Okay. You may attempt. Uh Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh. Too Fast, Too yeah. Furious, which had the numeral two. Yeah. Um it, it's I, I believe you disqualified that answer because it's actually Furious Seven. It's not Fast and Furious Seven. Yeah. Um and then uh what would it be? So let me just 
I'm not actually answering. The, the movies are The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Fast Five, and then it would have to be The Fast and the Furious Six. That would be the other one? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are yeah, Fast Ampersand Furious Six Yeah, is the other yep. one. Yep. Happy to help you out, Dave. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Well, no points for Jeff, sadly, but uh, Dave still got to show off a little bit, which was wonderful. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so with that, let's get to know our players a little bit better by hearing about their tastes and opinions in the world of pop culture. David Chen, you have a potentially unpopular but very exciting opinion about the Saw franchise. Uh, yeah, I think that the Saw franchise is underrated for its complexity of narrative. And what I mean by that is, I don't know if you all have seen the Saw movies, but basically uh, Saw 1 and 2 more or less take place linearly, uh, although there are some like twists about like things that happened before these movies began. But then like Saw 3 and 4 both happened like within the time period of Saw like 1 or 2, and, and it's just like it becomes more yeah. and more complex. It's like a... Ouroboros, what's the stink that eats itself? Mm -hmm, like yeah. Mobius yep. strip. Not you know, perfect like, oh. anymore, Dave. Couldn't come up with Ouroboros. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Jeff's losing it over there. Just yeah, losing it over there. It. So uh, anyway, I think that uh, even though they are mostly known for uh, showing uh, mostly B or C list actors getting tortured to death, there's also some narrative complexity to be found in those Saw movies. That's what I have to say. At least the first one. Yeah. For the first, like, four or five. First four yeah. or five. Thank you, David Chen. Now, Devendra Hardwar, in this time when theatrical movie-going is not what it once was, we've been enjoying asking people about their favorite theatrical movie-going experience. What was yours? You know, I feel like I'm going to cheat a little bit here because it's not an experience that was open up to everybody, but we did do, when we were going to Comic-Con back in the day, I was very excited for Scott Pilgrim versus the world, and I was there in the big hall when uh, Edgar Wright was talking about it, at the end of his panel, he got everybody up. He walked and was basically like, hey, everybody, let's go see Scott Pilgrim. So he walked everybody down the streets of San Diego like the freaking Pied Piper of geekdom. And we all went to theater and we sat there and we saw Scott Pilgrim. And it's amazing. It's still one of my favorite movies. And then at the end of the movie, the curtain pulled up and Metric did like a five song set. Just an overall perfect, perfect experience. I miss the fact that we can't have these big crowd events right now. And man, I honestly miss going to Comic-Con too, even though that's a big headache in itself. <laughs> you have just uh, filled me with so much jealousy by hearing that story, but that's incredible. So Thank you, Devitra. <laughs> and Jeff Kanata, what vehicle from pop culture would you most like to have in your garage? Well, I have a very small garage, so it limits my choices. Uh, you know, there's lots of different ways you could go in, in pop culture for great vehicles. I went with a classic from my from my youth, one of the first uh, cars I ever fantasized about having, and that is Kit from Knight yes. Rider. Because Come not on. only does not only does Kit look cool, uh, would fit in my garage, but also you get a friend. You don't just get a you vehicle; get a you get a friend. <laughs> and you know what? I think I need that right now quite a lot. <laughs> That's what Tesla will not give you is a friend. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for that update. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Thank you, Jeff. And that'll take us into round two, which is today entitled Electric Boogaloo. Sometimes movie series make it easy to tell the order in which we're supposed to watch them, but sometimes they get all fancy and use funny titles to differentiate the parts of a series. In this game, we're going to ask you to arrange movies from three different franchises by their respective installment spots in their own series. Figure out which installment each movie is in its respective series, then arrange everything in ascending order by those values. So, for instance, if I gave you Ocean's Eleven, 
Alien Resurrection, and Die Hard with a Vengeance, you'd know that the Ascending Order was Ocean's Eleven because it was the first in its series, Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is the third in its series, and then Alien Resurrection, which was the fourth in its series. First, third, fourth, one, three, four, in ascending order. A correct ordering will get you 20 points. For a follow-up, I'll ask you to tell me which part of the series the highest-numbered movie in the list was for 10 more points. So if you knew here that Alien Resurrection was the fourth Alien movie, you'd get the extra 10 for knowing fourth. Jeff Kanata, your go first in round two. Let the hurting continue. <laughs> your first set of movies is... The Muppets Take Manhattan, Jason Takes Manhattan, and Escape from New York. Uh, so it, ascending order is Muppets. No, no, excuse me. I think it's, I think it's uh, Escape from New York, Muppets Take Manhattan, then Jason. Correct oh, for twenty yes. points. Nice. But which installment in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise was Jason Takes Manhattan? 427. <laughs> I mean, I, I genuinely have no idea, but I'm going to say seven. So close. It is the eighth film in the series. Oh, oh, so yeah. All right, Devendra, you've got The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Ice Age Continental Drift, and Open Water Adrift. Huh. I mean, Tokyo Drift is number three. I know that for sure. Ice Age. Hmm. I forget how many Ice Age movies there were. What was the title again? The Ice Age? Ice Age Continental Drift. And then Open Water Adrift? Correct. Let me just think out loud here. Huh. I'm going to go with Open Water Adrift, Tokyo Drift, and Ice Age Continental Drift. Correct. And which installment in the Ice Age franchise was Continental Drift? Fourth. Full 30 points for Devendra. Very good. David Chen, your next set of movies is Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, <laughs> The Curse of the Pink Panther, and Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Ooh. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, the first one is definitely Pirates of the Caribbean. Crystal Black Pearl, that's the first movie of the, I want to say, five movie franchise at this point. Um, can't say I know uh, about the other ones. Um, so I'm just going to go with the order you read them in, which is Pirates of the Caribbean, Crystal Black Pearl, Crystal Pink Panther, and Halloween Curse of Michael Myers. No, I'm sorry, David Chen. You were correct about Pirates of the Caribbean being the lowest number, but then it goes Halloween Curse of Michael Myers and Curse of the Pink Panther is the highest numbered in this set. But which number in its own series is the Curse of the Pink Panther? Uh, um, let's say three. Nine in the case of that wow. one. The wow, way off. <laughs> forever, to be known, forever to be known as Dave Imperfect Chen. <laughs> Back to Jeff. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Transformers The Last Night, and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is the third movie. Transformers The Last Night is either the fourth movie, I believe. 
I know what you did last summer is the second movie, so it is going to go two. Uh, is going to go. I still know what you did last summer. Indiana Jones on the Last Crusade, Transformers: The Last Night. Correct. Now, can you give us a number definitively on where in the franchise is Transformers: The Last Night? <laughs> They're laughing as if I got it wrong when I was talking it out. Uh, again. Picking my least favorite franchises in the world, by the way. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're laughing because it's impossible to tell the Transformers films from each other. It's it's the 11th Transformers movie. It doesn't, I believe doesn't it's matter. the fourth one. It has to be more than three, and I don't think it's f- five, so it's fourth. Fourth. Ah. Fourth is Age of Extinction. Last night is five. Dang sure. It. Whatever you say. And how can you say you can't tell them apart? That's the one where he finds Excalibur. I mean, come on. <laughs> which happens when exactly? Yeah, which happens when in the timeline of whatever. Yeah. I think this is the one where they revealed that the Transformers helped to uh, maintain yep. the Underground Railroad and defeated yep. the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They, like, yeah. set up for a hundred spinoffs, which will <laughs> never happen. Yeah. All right, Devendra, your next set of movies. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2 and The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. <laughs> you guys, you guys. That's clever. That's a clever question. Wow. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is not great. Not great. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, I feel like is is the last movie in that franchise as far as I can recall. I don't remember where Breaking Dawn sits in, uh, in the Twilight verse and Hunger Games mocking jay god i read all those books too i can't remember which one is mocking jay um i oof. i'm just gonna go hunger games mocking jay part two twilight breaking dawn part two and harry potter deathly hallows part two correct wow. all those final installments broken up into two parts so devendra harry potter and the deathly hallows part two what installment was that overall in the harry potter franchise the eighth correct another nice. 30 point answer and back to David Chen, you've got Batman Forever, Shrek Forever After, and Battle for the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh. Couldn't find a third Forever movie, huh? Hmm. No. Okay, okay. Sorry. So <laughs> Just trying to think of a witty comeback did not happen. Battle for the Planet of the Apes Forever. Um, so... Batman Forever, so I'm just going to talk it out. This is not my answer. Um, so Batman Forever is number three. Shrek Forever After, I think, is after number three. And then Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, man. I don't <laughs> I don't know what, I don't recall the order of any of those Apes movies. I know that there's like five of them, though. Um... All right. Okay. Okay. So, so it's. I, I know that Batman Forever it comes before Shrek Forever After. The question is just whether Battle comes before or after the two of them, or possibly in between. Now that I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the full range of possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. Li- I am now going to list every permutation of these three movies in turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say stick him in between there, Batman Forever, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, Shrek Forever After. Mother. <laughs> no, this was exactly the order that we read them: Batman Forever, <laughs> Shrek Forever After, and Battle for the Planet of the Apes. 
So based on what you know, David Chen, <laughs> what installment in the Apes franchise is Battle for the Planet of the Apes? Let's go with fifth. Correct, hey. for 10 points on the follow-up. No, no, David Chen, I would, I would just like to remind you, this is a children's franchise, so is Shrek forever after. They're, they're yeah, not exactly yeah. subtle here. Mm. It's right there. Uh, thanks for making me feel worse about this one. I appreciate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, now, now we will throw to another score break from Dan. Most of the way through round two, Devendra has 90 points. Jeff has 65. Dave is now in third place with just 60 points. The mighty have fallen. Oh, <laughs> just got to keep this up, Jeff. Keep going. Oh, you, yeah. you have to. I believe in you, Devendra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, see if you can keep your positive streak going, Jeff, with this next set. You've got Boo, a Medea Halloween, oh, Ernest Scared Stupid, <laughs> oh, Jesus. and Goosebumps Haunted Halloween. <laughs> All right, do I get extra points if I have seen none of these movies? Um, Goosebumps Haunted Halloween feels like not the first of that movie. Boo and Medea Halloween, definitely not the first. Gonna scared stupid, definitely not the first. Okay, so we're in Midtown for all of these. It is literally, I have no, no idea. Um, I know that Ernest had at least two movies before Scared Stupid. Uh, goes to Camp and another one. <laughs> Ernest <laughs> takes Manhattan. I don't know. Um... So I'm going to say Goosebumps Haunted Halloween. It feels like you get to Halloween pretty fast in the Goosebumps franchise, right? You got to get there pretty Halloween quick. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Goosebumps. I'm going to go in the exact reverse order. Goosebumps Haunted Halloween, Ernest Scared Stupid, and Boo a Medea Halloween. Yeah. Oh my nice. goodness. Nice. So Jeff, which installment in the Medea franchise is Boo a Medea Halloween? <laughs> I have no idea how many Medea movies there are total, but there's a lot, right? He just pumps those things out. There's a bunch. I'm going to say, see, five was the wrong, was the answer for the last one. (laughs) I'm going to say six. Six. Eight. The eight Eight. one. Wow. Not even close. Returning to Devendra, you've got Cocoon, The Return. Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Yeah. And Return to Sleepaway Camp. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Let's uh let's see here. So Cocoon, uh, clearly, clearly a sequel of some sort. Uh Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, another Vin Diesel masterpiece that I know and love. So that's the third movie. Return to Sleepaway Camp, I'm not quite sure where that sits in the in the <laughs> Sleepaway Camp Pantheon. Um, maybe it's the return. Maybe it's the return franchise. Maybe it's Return to Sleepaway Camp, Return to it's Day true. Camp, or you know who knows. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Return to Sleepaway Camp, Triple X, Return of Xander Cage, and Cocoon: The Return. Aw, there weren't four. Cocoon- the or- there were not four it's Cocoon or- movies, Devendra. <laughs> yeah, how could know. you possibly think there were that many Cocoon movies? <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. They're still. They're still swimming in the pool. You know? They're still swimming in the pool. That would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? No, the correct answer here is Cocoon the Return, then Triple X, then Return okay. to Sleepaway Camp. So, Devendra, what installment was Return to Sleepaway Camp? Uh, fourth. 
Wow. For 10 more points. There's three sleepaway there. camp movies before they leave? <laughs> <laughs> they got to keep coming back. Is the thing. They can't, no, they can't return until the fourth movie. That means they're staying <laughs> yeah. there for three movies. Oh, man. See, whenever these answers are like in the order, it always just messes with my brain. I can't, that can't be true. <laughs> that can't be true. You've, you've, you've left a precious window for Dave Chen to crawl I back know, into this. I know. <laughs> All right, David Chen, see if you can pull it off. You've got... Police Academy Mission to Moscow, Madagascar <laughs> Escape to Africa, and Shaft in Africa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. You can logic this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go Madagascar Escape to Okay, okay. So let me talk through my reasoning. Pretty sure Mission to Moscow is one of the later ones, is my recollection. So, and that's literally all I know. Um, and then Madagascar could be two or three. Mm -hmm. And I assume Shaft is not going to go to Africa in two or three. But I don't know. I'm going to go with Madagascar, Escape to Africa, Shaft in Africa, Police Academy, Mission in Moscow. Yes! Wow. Oh, no. Yes! <laughs> now, where in the Police Academy franchise is Mission to Moscow? So, let me talk it out. Don't. Don't buzz me yet, okay? But I, I think it's either five or six is my guess. Possibly seven. <laughs> um, <laughs> or eight. So, it could be a one or, or eight two. Or nine. It could be a three. <laughs> it could be one, two, possibly three, four, or five so many, as well. So many numbers to consider, really. <laughs> and we're just talking about integers now. We're not even going into, like, imaginary numbers. Uh, let's go with five. Seven, the seventh Police Academy film. David Chen, I hate to do this again, but these DreamWorks movies are not exactly subtle. Escape to Africa is <laughs> Madagascar 2. Whenever it's a kid's movie, you Listen, can just assume. Yeah. If they don't put the number in the Yeah, the if they don't put the number it, 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 in the on. actual, it's like saying, you know, Fate of the Furious, you know, that, that has the number eight in it. I mean, technically. But it sounds like eight. Technically, they should it have sounds spelled like it eight. F8. But they, they didn't spell it F8. F8. Basically, yeah. they're cowards. And they waited to do that for F9, which yeah. isn't a yeah. word. Yeah. They're cowards, is what I'm saying. Ma the people who made Madagascar escape to Africa and didn't put the numeral two in yeah. the title are cowards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Over to Jeff for your final set of three. You've got oh, yeah. Death Wish Crackdown, <laughs> yep. The Deadpool, mm -hmm. oh, and sure. God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness. <laughs> God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness, part of the God's Not Dead franchise? Yes. Jeff, haven't you heard? That's correct. It's the biggest thing. There are thing. more than Come one on. God's Not Dead movies. You got to remind yourself, you know. The Deadpool, is it the Deadpool, is Deadpool franchise? <laughs> the title of the film is The Space Dead Space Pool. It's the pool franchise. The Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. I am adrift with no concept of what I've never heard of. God's not dead. Uh, I've, I've, of course, no death wish. Crackdown feels real late. Feels real direct to video to me. Um, the Deadpool. I don't even understand what franchise I'm talking about here. Uh, is it some sort of dead thing like Dawn of the Dead? Now the Deadpool. Now they, they got a pool. They hanging out with the cocoon folks. I don't know. Um. <laughs> Uh, I just want to let you know that this whole thing is going after the show as like a bonus DVD extra. This whole Deadpool discussion. 
I don't know what the hell the Deadpool even is. Have I made that clear? Um, <laughs> the, the, the order I am going to go in is the following. God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness, The Deadpool, Death Wish Crackdown. Yeah, wrong, of course. God Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness was first, but then it's Death Witch Crackdown, and then it's the Deadpool, which I can tell you is in the Dirty Harry series. But where in the Dirty Harry series is the Deadpool, Jeff? Starring Jim Carrey. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Carrey's a Dirty Harry? That's scary. Um, Where in the Dirty Harry franchise? How many Dirty Harry movies are there? I'm going to say five. Oh, Yay. 10 points. Very good. Yay. All right, Devendra, your final set is Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles, The Haunting in Connecticut, Ghosts of Georgia, and The Thin Man Goes Home. Wow. This is uh, quite quite something. Um, let me just think through this now. Uh, huh. Uh, Crocodile Dundee. I don't. There, were, there really weren't many of those movies. There was like a wave of Crocodile Dundee for a while. So uh, I have a feeling that would be the second movie, The Haunting in Connecticut. That is a franchise I've heard about, and Ghosts of Georgia was a sequel. I, I didn't know what was up there. Um, and then Thin Man Goes Home. Again, no clue. No clue what's up here. Uh, hmm. I'm gonna go with Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. As first, the thin man goes home. As second, in the haunting of Connecticut, goes to Georgia. It's third. Oh, not quite the ascending order. Here is haunting in Connecticut, goes to Georgia, crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles, and the thin man goes home. Can you give us a franchise installment number for the thin man goes home? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Four. Five. Very close. How many thin, thin man, man movies home. are there? What? <laughs> There's an astonishing number of Thin Man movies. It started as the obese man goes home, then the, the slightly thinner man goes home, and then the, the guy on keto goes home, and then the thin man goes home. Uh, Devendra, I will tell you that you're right that there was this there was a spurt of Crocodile Dundee movies in the 80s. Crocodile mm-hmm. Dundee, Dundee in Los Angeles was the much later sequel. It actually came out in 2001. Oh. It was what? Uh, Paul Hogan's attempt to return the franchise. Mm. That movie doesn't exist. I don't believe you. Sorry. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> And Dave Chen, closing out the round, we've got From Russia with Love, Bride of Chucky, and American Wedding. Wow, softball for David yeah, Chen. Yeah, total Come softball. On. Come on. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know wow. if I agree with that. Then I feel bad for you, David Chen. <laughs> only in the sense that I've heard of all three of these movies. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. We know what these movies are. We know what franchises they belong to. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, I, I I don't have a great knowledge of, of the James Bond franchise, unfortunately. From Russia with Love, though, um, my guess is that is not one of the early ones. I hope it could be though. It could be it could be in the Connery <laughs> area. Uh, I, I'm I'm much I'm much more familiar with late 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 stage Bond. You know the Pierce Brosnans and the Daniel Craigs and such. Um. American Wedding, I believe, is the fourth film in that franchise. And Bride of Chucky, I believe, uh, it's definitely not one through three. And therefore, because American Wedding is fourth, it can't be four as well. So I would say Bride of Chucky is five or later. 
You're doing this like a Sudoku. Yes, that's right. I mean, this is the way to do it. <laughs> that's, this that's is right. the way to do it. That's right. Yeah. So then the question is just how early. So so definitely the ordering is American Wedding, Bride of Chucky, and then the question is just where from Russia with love is. Is it before or after that sequence? Um, let me start listing early era Bond films. <laughs> um, you know, Goldfinger was early on. Doctor No. You know, were, were there at least four or five before from Russia with love? Could be. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. So therefore, American Wedding Bride of Chucky from Russia with love. Mother. <laughs> Come on, Dave. No. Come from on. Russia with love, very early Bond film, the earliest yeah, here. Early. Then yeah. American Wedding, then Bride of Chucky. So Okay, so I number, got that part right at least. <laughs> but which number in the Child's Play series is Bride of Chucky? Ooh. Five. I think he got tripped up since American Wedding is actually the third American Pie yep. film that sets you up for Bride of Chucky Damn being it. the fourth <laughs> Chucky <laughs> movie. Filled out your Sudoku wrong, Dave. Mm. <laughs> also, David Chen, we should I should note you did list all the other early Bond movies. So yes, Doctor No was the first one. Goldfinger is the third one from Russell's Love is right in the middle there is the second one. Yep. Mm. That is the one where people were like, oh, this franchise actually seems really cool because Doctor No is super low budget and whatnot. I thought you were going to say they should have called it Bride for Chucky. (laughs) (laughs) In keeping with your other feedback, Dan. (laughs) Well, that'll close out round two for us. Up next, another score update from Dan and onward to the final round. Before our final round of play, it's time for the home version. Listeners, see if you can correctly guess the answer to Dan's Riddle by next week's episode, and you can win fabulous non-prizes like score break naming rights. Dan? I didn't get an Emmy after more than one shot. My films did worse than studios had thought. TV's my real game, and I did my best. Not at a funeral, but with brothers in the West. Think you know the answer to that? Find the link in your show notes or the page for this episode at usaquizshow.com and show off your knowledge. Thanks for that riddle, Dan. So how about a score update? After two rounds of play, it's time for the Pogs score break. Pogs, they're back, and why not? I mean, they're at least as much fun as Among Us. Right now, Devendra is in lead with 100 points. Jeff is just behind with 95. Dave has 80 points, so he'll get to go first in round three, and he'll need to get three correct answers in his round in order to move into first place. Thank you, Dan. Those standings, however, are not completely set in stone because it's time for everyone's last opportunity for big points. It's the lightning round. Players get their choice of categories and are given 90 seconds to answer as many questions as they can in that category. You get 10 points for each correct answer you can provide. Today's categories are The God Family, Pivoting to Film, Scruffy Looking Nerf Herder, and we didn't start the fire. The names of those topics can be a little mysterious, so do your best to choose something that you think you're going to do well on, or perhaps try to keep something easy from one of your fellow players. David mm. Chen, in third place, you get to choose first which of these four categories would you like. Once again, they are The God Family, Pivoting to Film, Scruffy Looking Nerf Herder, and <laughs> We Didn't Start the Fire. Well, I'm going to hope that Scruffy Looking Nerf Herder is Star Wars related. And I don't know that much about Star Wars, but I know these guys do. Oh, no. That's such a trap. It's such a <laughs> yeah. trap. That is yeah. not, it's going to be anything about Star Wars, but you've already picked it. So I that's... see you're already <laughs> quoting Star Wars, Jeff. <laughs> that's um, a trap. 
Let's do. Sc- uh, okay, Scruffy looking looking nerf herder. Nothing could go wrong with this. Before we start, David Chen, who gets called a scruffy looking nerf herder in Star Wars? I believe that would be Han Solo by uh, Princess Leia in The Empire Strikes Back. And who plays Han Solo? Harrison Ford. So this round is going to be questions about the life and career of actor Harrison Ford. Great. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. 90 seconds on the clock. The timer starts when I finish your first question. David Chen, are you ready? Uh, As ready as I will be. After 35 years, he returned to the role of Rick Deckard for this sequel. Blade Runner 2049. His only Oscar nomination is for this Pennsylvania set mystery. Uh, Witness. He spends six days and this many nights with Anne Heche. Uh, Six days and seven nights. A Russian accent distracts from his performance in this submarine drama. U571. K-19, The Widowmaker. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to to say it. He spends 21 years married to this E.T. screenwriter. Uh, Can you repeat the question, please? He spent 21 years married to this E.T. screenwriter. Uh, Calista Flockhart? (laughs) Wow. Melissa Matheson. He appears on screen in this many Star Wars films. He attempts to drown this actress in a bathtub in What Lies Beneath. Michelle Pfeiffer. He's the assistant to an uncredited Robert Duvall in this 1974 thriller. Uh, Frantic. The Conversation. He once worked as a carpenter for this slouching toward Bethlehem author. Um, I don't know. Pass. He took the role of Indiana Jones after this mustachioed star was unable to accept. After the buzzer, that is, of course, Tom Selleck. Yes. Tom Selleck. Selleck. All right, Dan, give us the Dave Chen report. I I forgot there was a timer on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Dave only passed on one question. Uh, The slouching towards Bethlehem author was Joan Didion. Still, Dave got five correct answers for an extra 50 points. That means he now has 130 points and is in the lead. Yes. Come on, sweet, Jeff. sweet victory. I'm so scared. <laughs> so Jeff is going to need to get four questions correct in order to overtake him and move and lead himself. I can do that. I can do four. As long as I don't lose to Dave, that's all I care about. Yeah, this is like our summer movie wager. Our only goal is to crush David Chen. Divinja- <laughs> if yeah. Davindra wins, I will be just as happy as if I win. <laughs> okay, Jeff, your category choices are The God Family, Pivoting to Film, and we didn't start the fire. I have no idea what any of those are about. I'm going with we didn't start the fire because I'm a Billy Joel fan and I'm hoping there's some Billy Joel. <laughs> it's all about movies, I guess, so that's wrong. <laughs> You're not too, too far off. It's going to be movie questions where every answer is referenced in the lyrics to Billy Joel's We Didn't Start oh the my Fire. God. My wife knows all of those lyrics by heart. So I'm hoping I can channel some of her wisdom right now. Excellent. 90 seconds on the clock. Jeff, are you ready? <clears throat> no. <laughs> yes. Well, okay, great. <laughs> in a 2002 movie, Reese Witherspoon returns to her roots in this state. Alabama. In one of only three film roles, he played Cal in 1955's East of Eden. Um, James Dean. 
Alec Guinness and William Holden star in this 1957 Oscar winner. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia? Bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, the 1958 the film version of this Rodgers and Hammerstein musical won the Oscar for sound, but not music. Rodgers and Hammerstein. Um, um, West Side Story. South Pacific. His Nothing. film roles include Newt Rockney, All-American, and Bedtime for Bonzo. Uh, Ronald Reagan. This actress stars in The Seven-Year Itch, but her character is never named. Pass. In IQ, Walter Matthau plays this Nobel Prize winner. Albert Einstein. A 2017 Armando Iannucci movie centered on the death of this Soviet leader. Uh, Gorbachev. Stalin. Disney produced a very successful and very sanitized version of the life of this frontiersman. Uh, Daniel Boone. Davy Crockett. Films inspired by this vigilante included Falling Down and 2019's Joker. Pass. In biopics, this president has been played by Gary Sinise and Robert Vaughn. Nixon. Harry Truman. Michael Nouri played this baseball legend in 61. After the buzzer, that is Joe DiMaggio. Dan, give us the Jeff report. Well, Jeff had just two passes. First off, the actress who stars in The Seven Year Rich but is never named is Marilyn Monroe. And the vigilante that inspired Falling Down in 2019's Joker is Bernie Getz. Jeff got four correct answers. And guess what? That is just enough to move him ahead of David Chen. He now has 135 points and the lead. High five. That's all I care about. (laughs) That means Devendra is going to need to get four questions correct in his category if he wants to take the win. Okay. Okay, Devendra, once again, your category choices are The God Family and Pivoting to Film. Yeah, these both sound like traps. Uh, I'm going to go with Pivoting to Film. Do you have a guess at what this might be about? Uh, Comedians, singers, uh, anybody outside of the movie business going into movies? You're sort of on the right track, actually. Uh, No one knows how to pivot a couch like Ross Geller, so Pivoting to Film is about the movie careers of the six stars of the sitcom (laughs) Friends. No! Uh. Nice. Delightful. Gonna, Delightful. Can I just back out here? Wow. <laughs> you only have to get four, Devendra. This Jim Carrey comedy is the highest grossing film to star Jennifer Aniston. Oh, man. The entire Friends cast. I got nothing. Liar, liar. Bruce Almighty. The 2007 mm. Simon Pegg film Run, Fat Boy, Run is directed by this Friends star. David Schwimmer. Courtney Cox met husband David Arquette while filming this horror movie. Scream. In Ed, Matt LeBlanc plays baseball with this type of animal. Horse? Chimpanzee. In 17 again, the young version of Matthew Perry's character is played by him. Pass. Lisa Kudrow and this SNL alum play Caitlin Devers' parents in Booksmart. Ah. Pass. In Charlie's Angels, Matt LeBlanc plays the boyfriend of the angel played by her. Cameron Diaz? Lucy Liu. Jennifer Aniston's Just Go With It is a remake of this 1969 comedy. Love it. Pass. What? (laughs) David Schwimmer voices this type of animal in the Madagascar films. Uh, Zebra? Giraffe. In Bedtime Stories, Courtney Cox plays this star's sister. She's playing Adam Sandler's sister. 
All right, Dan, give us the Devendra report. Well, Devendra had three passes. First off, it was Zac Efron, who plays the younger version of Matthew Perry, which seems like a uh-huh. big trade-up for Matthew Perry, in all honesty. <laughs> Will Forte plays alongside Lisa Kudrow as Caitlin Deaver's parents in Booksmart. And Jennifer Aniston's just and Jennifer Aniston's Just Go With It is a remake of Cactus Flower from 1969. Devendra got two correct answers, giving a total of 120 points. That means our final standings are Devendra with 120 points, Dave with 130 points, and our winner with 135 points is... What? Jess! This is, this is agonizing. I shot the world! I shot the world! Oh, Dave Perfection Chen! As long as it wasn't Dave, that's all we ah, care about. They said it couldn't be done, they all laughed at me, and then I pulled it out at the end! I can't believe it. I can't believe I got four answers right when I needed four answers right. That is... Unbelievable. By, by five by five points. That's what kills me. Is that it's such the a slim it, it's such points. a slim margin of victory. It is arguably insignificant. I would argue. There's only one winner, Dave. Only one. <laughs> well, congratulations to you, Jeff. But that means we do have to say goodbye to Devendra and David Chen, guys. Forever. This was so. <laughs> yeah we're gone. possibly i don't know wow. i think i just inherited the podcast myself you guys <laughs> but thank you guys all so much for being here this was super super fun uh devendra hardwar where can our listeners find you elsewhere out in the world oh you can find me at, at devendra on twitter i write about tech at gadget.com and check me out in the engadget podcast there wonderful and david chen where can our listeners find you anything to plug I'm on Twitter at Dave Chensky. That's Dave Chen SKY. And when I'm not reviewing movies on the Slash Filmcast with these guys, check me out at Culturally Relevant, wherever your podcasts are downloaded. Thank you. Now, Jeff, congratulations again. You're going to be moving on to our Joy Luck Division finals. Since mm. the competition's going to get a little bit stiffer in the next round, what are you going to be watching, listening to, absorbing to get yourself ready? <laughs> Uh, I just I just have a loop of various uh, vic- victory montages from movies. You know, you're the best around, you know, that that kind of thing. I'm just going to get amped. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. And where can we find you, Jeff? Oh, I'm on Twitter at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, I do a whole bunch of things, including the Slash Film Cast with these guys. Um, I do a video game podcast. I do a Dungeons and Dragons show. I do a comedy science show. You can find links to all of that stuff at jeffkanata.com. Again, with two N's and one T. Thank you, Jeff. And listeners, you can also find Jeff as the exploding head emoji as he continues on through our season two bracket. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week. Thanks again to the guys from the Slash Filmcast. This is a huge pleasure. Mm. <laughs> Be sure to join us next week as we head back to the physical media division for some comics and 90s nostalgia games with Chris Sims, Matt Wilson, and Benito Serino from the War Rocket Ajax podcast. I've been your host, Taylor Cole, and on behalf of Scoremaster Dan and Production Master Dave, thank you for listening to the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show. Hey, everybody. Remember that riddle that Dan read before the lightning round? If you think you know the answer, check the link in your show notes or find the page for this episode on our website, usaquizshow.com. While you're at that website, check out past and future season brackets and maybe apply to be a contestant in a future season. Ever want to just turn this whole thing around on us and ask us the questions? Well, you can. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at USA Quiz Show on both. The Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show is produced by the cast and crew of The Deadpool. Pause for 15 minutes. With the able help of our host, Taylor Cole, 
LinkedIn, Casino or Quizmaster, and yours truly, David T. Cole. You can go ahead and make our day by hitting subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode. Over to Jeff for your final set of three. You've got Death Wish Crackdown, <laughs> yep, The Deadpool, mm-hmm. oh, sure. and God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness. <laughs> God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness, part of the God's Not Dead franchise? Yes. Jeff, haven't you heard? That's correct. It's the biggest thing. There are thing. more than Come one on. God's Not Dead movies. You got to remind yourself, you know. The Deadpool, is it the Deadpool, is Deadpool franchise? <laughs> The title of the film is The Space Dead Space Pool. It's the pool franchise. The Dead Pool. <laughs> yeah. I am adrift with no concept of what... I've never heard of God's Not Dead. Uh, I've, I, of course, no Death Wish. Crackdown feels real late. Feels real direct-to-video to me. Um, the Dead Pool. I don't even understand what franchise I'm talking about here. Uh... Is it some sort of dead thing? Like Dawn of the Dead? And now the dead pool. Now they, they got a pool. They're hanging out with the cocoon folks. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm going to say. I have no idea what the dead pool is. I have no idea what that is. I have no idea what it's associated with. I, I, I'm. If if it is some sort of like Dawn of the Dead thing, then I think it's very late, right? Because how far do we have to go down the rabbit hole of ideas to get to a pool? This is going to drive Jeff to the point of madness. Just like what, it really pool. is. Deadpool. Deadpool. I, I what, genuinely have this? no idea what the Deadpool is. Um, and you'll never know. I'm sorry. I'll never know. I'll not, if it's de- <laughs> it's not Deadpool because I'm looking at the punctuation and there's a space between dead and pool. So it's, it's not, not the like Wolverine. the Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the dead pool or maybe it's a series of pool movies the dead pool the alive pool mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just uh, want to let you know that this whole thing is going after the show as like a bonus DVD extra <laughs> this whole dead pool discussion. Uh, the dry pool so much the dead pool there's no there's yeah. no colon there's no nothing it's just the deadpool is <laughs> clearly a sequel to something i think you should but just it's... say the deadpool in as many different uh emphases <laughs> yeah, yeah. as emphases as possible like maybe it's the, between it's, it's the franchise yeah. it's, it's the, the, deadpool. the franchise <laughs> the deadpool i'm Claps gonna go with come on uh i'm gonna go with i feel like i feel like death wish crackdown is the last one uh, I don't know what the hell the Deadpool even is. Have I made that clear? Um, <laughs> the, the, the order I am going to go in is the following. <laughs> God's not dead, a light in the darkness, the Deadpool, Death Wish Crackdown. Yeah, wrong, of course.